podcast. Okay. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, welcome to our podcast, The Students of Business. And I'm Ali Sirfraz, and my friend here, Rayan Ahmed, uh, are doing our podcast about businesses bringing on emergency, uh, emerging leaders, CEOs, and just basically overall learning about business. And so we today we have a special guest, uh, uh, Anna Rotala, um, and she is a uh, sorry, um, uh, she is an international business, business leader and a tech enthusiast, uh, ha- having lived and worked in five co- uh, countries across three continents. Uh, she has a strong background in business to business sales from the media analytics industry and. 2016, uh, Ratala found, founded one of the Southeast Asia's most prominent tech startup events, which is kind of crazy. Slush Singapore is the name. Uh, that brought together uh, 3,000 global attendees for three consecutive years. Currently, uh, our guest is the CEO and co-founder of the venture-backed uh, startup, Zavook. Uh, Zavook is the online AI platform uh, to instantly match brands with podcasts for targeted ads. Uh, Zavook's vision is to be the Google of podcast advertising, which is a very big goal. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys can manage to do it. And yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So... Just for our podcast listeners, uh, what does your company do in your own words? Yeah. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me uh, on the podcast and great job with pronouncing the company name. Uh, I know it's not the e- an easy one, um, but yes, we are essentially the only platform currently that is matching brands with podcasts for targeted ads, um, optimizing for your budget and for your customer persona. Um, so essentially, uh, a brand can go to our platforms, Vogue.co, and indicate their budget, indicate what they're looking for, what type of um, an audience they're looking for um, to advertise with. And within 25 seconds, the platform generates a bundle of podcasts that optimize for the uh, budget, optimize for the um, uh, sort of the customer persona. Um, and then you're able to view a whole bunch of information about these podcasts, all the breakdowns of listenership, cost per listen, all that jazz. You can even listen to the podcast there. So you get the sense of the look and feel of the podcast. Um, and then you can just proceed and say, hey, I want to, you know, advertise in these you know, however many podcasts there are in the bundle, or you can generate a new one. So the whole idea really is to make sure that brands very easily are able to see what they can get with their budget um, in podcast advertising to make sure that we find them recommendations of podcasts that they may not even be aware of, right? I mean, most of us know some of the top shows and most famous shows, but there are tons of podcasts out there that are never really on the radar of brands, but have very, very engaged audiences. So we basically slice and dice them and package them together in a bundle. Um, And we really sort of, um, uh, you know, make sure that the brands don't have to spend time and effort and um, and reduce the um, amount of work that they have to do trying to decide which podcast they have to advertise with. Wow, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that idea of the fact that it makes it so easy for like podcasters to match up with brands and brands to match up with podcasters. It's like, yeah. I don't know, I feel like you guys are probably trying to figure out like ways of like making all podcasters known, which is a really good platform for you guys, which is like pretty nice. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to ask, right? So it's just a follow up question. Um, 
as a podcaster, if I'm here, do I have to sign up for the um, the platform to be noticed by a brand, or does a brand automatic do you automatically have like from Spotify or a collection from somewhere else? Hey, that's a great question. So we have 1.5 million podcasts on our database right now. So anything you would find on Apple Podcasts um, and subsequently, obviously, on, on a whole bunch of these other um, uh, players uh, will be on our database already. Uh, but you as a podcast, if you actively want to indicate that you are open to advertising opportunities, you log into our platform as a podcaster and you go claim your podcast, right? So you indicate, hey, I'm the owner of this podcast. You indicate, you answer a few questions, give us some of the statistics, and then you're good to go. Then you'll be able to be a part of the bundles. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's like, I like the way you guys have uh, kind of like simplified the process rather than like, I, I know for a fact that a lot of brands, they take a lot of work and researching and everything um, to find a podcast or any influencer or anything. So I, I, I like the way you guys have simplified the process. Yeah. And I think, you know, our whole goal is to say, look, if you right now are a brand without our platform, you have two options. One is you go and you Google individual podcasts, which is super time consuming. And how would you even know which ones are good match and how much they are and whatnot? And the second one is to go to an agency, right? Or a representative platform that rep a network, podcast network platform that represents um, podcasts. And it's a very manual and slow process that lacks transparency uh, and it's really tedious. So there's no simple way uh, besides our platform to very quickly know uh, what are some of the podcasts that you could potentially uh, work with. So at the end of the day, our goal is that you as a brand should never have to Google podcast advertising ever. You should just book it, go to the platform, book it, see what your uh, budget gets you. Um, and then go from there. Because right now, if you Google podcast advertising and you guys can go and do that, it's not very helpful because you still have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out who to work with and, and what to make of it. Um, and if you go to, to Zvuk.co, you'll actually be able to see a legitimate podcast bundle. You see what you get with your money. Yeah. Um, your business sounds pretty, pretty intriguing for many podcasts, like, or at least people who are starting up podcasts and everything. So like, and brands, right? yeah. Um, also like what has intrigued you to like actually come up with this type of business? Like what, what gave you the idea? Like, Oh, I like really like podcasts or something. <laughs> like, uh, what was, uh, what was the idea there? Yeah, that's a part of it. Actually. I mean, you have to be passionate about the industry and, uh, it's actually interesting. I never, I don't listen to audio books for me. It's, it's difficult to listen to a person read through the whole book. Like I can't focus on that, which is why I love podcasts because, and I mostly listen to podcasts with two or more people because it's easier for me to listen to um, and, you know, um, investigative journalism and things like that. Um, so obviously I love podcasts, but the reasons behind starting the company and why we're building the platform is essentially myself and my co-founder, we're storytellers at heart. I mean, I used to work, um, you know, back in college and when I lived in my home country, Finland, I worked as a freelance journalist. Um, I've, uh, you know, was an editor in chief of my student magazine at school. And I've been, you know, I've worked, I have a background from media intelligence um, industry. I've always done blogging and blogging and so on. My co-founder actually has played in, in several different bands. So he has told stories oh. through music. And so we both believe in the power of storytelling. And what's really interesting in the past several years, brands and companies have started to realize the importance of storytelling when it comes to reaching their audience, right? So you know you can't 
you can no longer hard sell anybody. You have to really share a story, share your values, be authentic and engage your audience, which is why influencer marketing has actually become such a trend among advertisers, right? But influencer marketing platforms, the traditional ones, you know, your social media, Instagrams and Snapchats and whatnot, they're getting really crowded. I mean, if you have a, a, a sports shoe, your 2000 competitors who also have a sports shoe are also there working with the same, you know, uh, uh, influencers. So there's a need for a new channel. And at the same time, podcasting is really exploding. Like in the United States, over 100 million Americans listen to podcasts every single month regularly right and the podcast advertising is growing at over 40 percent every year which is staggering when you think about any other platform no other medium grows at 40 percent when you think about the advertising revenue right so there's huge potential but the problem is that only maximum 15 percent of all podcasts work with brands and monetize the content and there are big shows famous hosts and so on but there's a long tail of great content being created um, in a form of podcast, highly engaged audience, and just no way for brands to ever find out about them. There's no way that, that the brands know that these podcasts exist. So through this platform, being able to actually mix and match different podcasts, different size podcasts, podcasts from different networks, indie podcasts, we actually make sure that more content creators are able to monetize their content. And then we also bring way more brands to the table because there are a lot of brands who are thinking about podcast advertising, but they just feel like it's pretty tedious to start. So we wanted to make it easy for them too. And so that was really the whole idea behind the platform. We sort of realized that there are actually over 700 platforms that help match brands with social media influencers. And there were zero platforms matching brands with with audio influencers. And so we said, hey, let's build one. It's, you know, it's time. <laughs> Interesting. Like, uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, Brian, you can go. <laughs> no, cause I, I know, because I, I was thinking about what you were saying and I myself have kind of been guilty, um, right? So we're a Gen Z uh, consulting company and when brands come to us, they're like, hey, what, what do you think we should do? So like a lot of times I'll recommend influencer marketing on social media. Um, I mean, uh, you know, like TikTok has, like as soon as people learn about TikTok, a, a ton of advertisers and brands flocked there because they knew that it was a large um, portion of the audience. But I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, there's so much opportunity with podcasts. And I, I, I see what you guys are doing. It's really great. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Oh, sorry. I had like, I didn't realize how like podcasts are like actually so big because like, I know like there's a lot of podcasts out there, but like, I don't know me myself I, I was never too invested in podcasts but like now that I hear from you you're like it's actually like interesting how it could be like super impactful because nobody really wants to hear like an advertising that like barely relates to you or like anything but like when it comes to a podcast when it comes to advertising like it could really like connect with the person which I feel like is a key thing right there which is pretty interesting yeah yeah I agree and I mean I don't wonder um uh that you recommend influencer marketing to to brands right because it is effective and podcast is a new we believe that you know the podcasters are the new wave of influencers right it's just a different type of a medium where those influencers are and actually most of the ads on podcasts are host read not all of them some are pre-produced and pre-produced ads are basically like your radio ads right i mean somebody reads an ad and whatever it sounds like an ad but host read ads are incredibly powerful and actually only about 15 people one uh, 15 percent um 
of the listeners skip ads compared to like YouTube where 65% of viewers actually skip ads, right? So you can see that yeah. people actually, that tells you that, um, and w- which is what I believe is people don't really hate ads. They just hate bad ads that are poorly targeted, right? Yeah. Um, so if you are able to create a great, ad which is read by the host and it is targeting the correct type of audience then you know you, you've got a winning recipe there that's true that is yeah. true yeah i mean um okay so i mean another question that we have um is who would you consider like a mentor or like a role model in your life and like how exactly did they impact you yeah that's actually a good i get asked this a lot but to be very honest, I don't, so I don't have a mentor, like an official mentor, which is sort of, I mean, it's sad. I, I wish I, I did. And maybe one day I, I, I will, because I do think that it's incredibly helpful to have somebody that you can sort of bounce ideas around with. I'm lucky enough to have several, like a lot of different people, a network of people around me, be it our investors, be it, um, you know, fellow founders um, or, or someone else that I kind of go to for advice. Uh, but for me, what's been most helpful, actually, as a startup founder is to speak with other startup founders. And so it's a different kind of a relationship. They're not really mentors because most of them are also just building their business, right? They're struggling with the same things that I am. They don't really have an answer, but they're great because they understand what I'm going through, right? I mean, I actually thoroughly dislike people who call themselves advisors and then you know, they're like, oh, I've made a, a long career of being 20 years with Sony, so I could be great at advising your podcasting startup. It's like, hey, you have no idea what I'm dealing with, starting something from scratch, you know, like having no budgets and no team and nothing. So a person like that, as well as they may mean, are not as helpful as some other startup founder who's just raised their seed round. And that founder can tell me, hey, you know what? These are the mistakes we made. This is something to keep in mind. So I really have been lucky enough to to have a lot of people like that in my sort of network and a lot of close friends that are building businesses. So to me, that's more um, helpful. And in terms of the role models as well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously there are people, you know, sort of like well-known entrepreneurs like Sarah Blakely, for example, the, the founder and CEO of, of Spanx. She's amazing. I really, uh, she's very inspirational and, and a lot of other people like that. But honestly, I think that there is a need for more startup founders and startup CEOs to kind of come forward and really build their personal brand. So people would know about them. I think a lot of the times founders are asked to just, you know, put your head down, work, hustle, like don't let anything distract you and just build your business, which is correct. But that also means that very few people know what it's like. I mean, it's a very different story hearing about Brian Chesky from Airbnb talking about his journey when he started X years ago, right? You're like, okay, cool. But now you're this successful billionaire. So, I mean, I can kind of relate, but not really versus following somebody who's actually in the gist of it, like in the middle of it, I'm building this, right? And you can follow along. And I hope that there's gonna be more startup founders that kind of share and come forward and share and become these inspirational figures uh, and role models and mentors to to others. Yeah, like I know for a fact, um, when I first came on LinkedIn, that's one of the things that like, I know there's not a lot, but there are like a couple of entrepreneurs that like often, share their stories, um, like what's been going on the day today. And that actually really helped me. Um, Like not not only like um, looking into businesses, internships, entrepreneurship overall, 
um, I think that I think that's honestly really great, like sharing your story. Um, and another thing, so you got you were talking about like how you don't have that many uh, mental, like one specific mentor, and um, that's actually something we've heard before. Um, like, it's, diff- different people have different ways they they work, um, and whatever works for them, like I, they just gotta learn whatever works for them. And um, I think it's great that like even if you don't have one mentor, you still got to know people that um, are experiencing the same thing as you and can help you through some stuff. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to like developing in business, it's mostly about like the true people who can actually like talk, like help you and like talk to you, like who was also yeah going through the same experience as what you said before. Uh, like I feel like it's because the reason why I think that's so impactful is because you you guys are going to the same thing and you guys could literally figure out the same solutions as benefiting each other rather than like being like competitors or anything. It's sometimes good when you like come together, like nego- like talk about what is going on and everything. So um, another yeah. question. Oh yeah, sorry. You can go. <laughs> Just to add on, um, I feel like also, you know, if anybody's listening and saying, oh, I wonder if I should get a mentor or advisor or anybody to talk to, it doesn't really matter who that person is. But one thing that I've learned is I only listen and take advice from people that have had, that have or have had their skin in the game. Meaning if you have never started a startup, don't come tell me how to start one, right? Because you will never understand. And people are so eager to give advice. They are so eager to tell you what to do to consultants, you know, advisors, all those people. Like the question, the first question I have is, have you built something? Have you not paid yourself a salary for seven months and then try to figure out how to get clients, how to get money? Have you been stressed? Have you had, uh, you know, your team members leave you? Have you had like all these things? Because if you haven't, then you are not really qualified to give advice on that, right? Not to take anything away from their experience, but it, but that's not a relevant experience, right? If you have not gone through those things. And so being very particular about who you take advice from, because everybody's going to give you advice, but you should really be very smart and strategic about which advice you then end up taking. Yeah, like being an entrepreneur, I think is one of the most unique things um, that you could I do like... Corporate jobs, I mean, there are different majors and whatever, but they're all somewhat the same. Entrepreneurship is the one thing, like, you, you wouldn't really see a corporate worker sacrifice his pay for seven months, 10 months, 12 months, but an entrepreneur would gladly do that for his company or her company. So I think that's great. Not gladly, but you do it <laughs> because yeah. you know why you're doing it. <laughs> I'd prefer not to, but if you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. That's yeah. true. Okay, so a, a question that's also kind of intriguing because, like, Many different like uh, CEOs or like uh, leaders have like different types of schedules or like different routines of like how they prep for like their day and everything. So like, would you mind giving some insight of like what you go throughout your day and like prepping for your brand or anything? Yeah, of course. So I actually like to prepare for the week on a Sunday evening. I think a lot of people do this actually. So I sort of do my to-do list and I always write it. I mean, I'm a a tech girl, but I do write my to-do list on a piece of paper because I love like really like, uh, uh, um, you know, scratching it off from the to-do list when I've done it. So um, I do that. I do the to-do list and we always kick off our week with a Monday morning team call. So we go through the past week, any highlights or anything that we need to know, go through the, the, um, the week ahead. And I've actually, so I'm experimenting with something right now, which is I 
keep my Mondays completely for operational stuff. Because like it or not, as a startup CEO, you end up doing operational stuff, right? It's not just sitting somewhere and leading. It's like really doing a whole bunch of things. So I reserve my Mondays for that. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, for me, I try to book a lot of calls and meetings, be it sales, be it, uh, you know, now, for example, we're preparing for a fundraise. So it's a lot of sort of conversations with investors, preparation work for that. So really sort of the actual work. And then Fridays, I try to keep for more strategic work. And this is something that I think very often in a startup, you kind of neglect a little bit because, I mean, you know, just sitting there for an hour trying to figure out some strategic, uh, you know, uh, guidelines just kind of seems like a waste of time when you have such a long to-do list, but it's not, right? As a CEO, especially, you really do have to spend some time on thinking about the big picture. So I try to do like Friday and especially Friday afternoons um, for that kind of work. So I'm experimenting with this right now. And so far it's been going pretty well. Inside the days, they're very, very different. Um, yesterday, I had a day where I was literally talking for nine hours straight. Like I was in calls for that. Client calls. We had two interviews for our position that we're filling right now. They were like five finalist candidates, uh, uh, two client uh, calls, and then team calls for the rest of the day. So I was talking the whole day. And then today, for example, I had one call in the morning, and then I had a lot of sort of time to do so-called quiet work. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so the days are very different, but uh, I think you have to be very particular about your time management, especially as a CEO uh, in a startup, because you can get carried away with stuff that doesn't actually matter. And that's dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah. I, like, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You can go. All right. So it also, like in your daily, you've also mentioned the fact that you've, you've been to five, you've worked for five countries and across three continents. Like, how was that, that type of experience for you? Because like, that must be something. <laughs> yeah, I sort of, it's actually interesting when people ask me where my home is, um, probably what the only person in the world who is like, I don't really know where my home is, really. I mean, I'm from Finland. And that's where I grew up and, and did my and went to college and everything. And then I, I, I sort of moved abroad and I wanted to get a lot of international experience. So I've now been more or less in New York for a year and a half. Before that, I lived for eight years in Singapore, uh, in Asia. So that in a way is my home now. And before that, I was in Europe in a few different countries. Um, and look, I think for me, I mean, it's obviously it teaches you so much when you go and immerse yourself in a different culture. But primarily for me, it's been an experience of starting over. And for a lot of people, that's a very scary experience. And it's the same thing you experience when you start your company, for example. You just start from scratch. And what I've learned is oftentimes it's way scarier to think about it than, than to actually do it. When you're thinking about it, you have all these scenarios in your head. What can happen? Be it starting a company or moving to a new country. All these things, all these uncertainties. But when you actually do it, it's sort of like looking down from a cliff and you look down and you're like, I don't know if I want to jump into the water. It's really scary. But when you jump and you're in free fall, like you're already in motion. You don't have time to think about fear. You're just there. You're doing it already. And it's the same thing with starting a company, with moving to a new country. And so to me, it really taught a lot of, you know, starting from scratch, right? Like you go somewhere, you don't know anybody. I've had to apply for jobs and, you know, Germany and German and then like in Singapore and completely new con uh, you know culture to me so you start from scratch and it's very humbling um but it also 
when I came to New York and sort of started from scratch and we started rolling out uh, the startup, again, not really knowing anybody. Thankfully, this was pre-COVID, so you could actually go and meet people at events and so on. But it was still scary, but not as scary anymore as the first time, right? Because you were like, hey, I've done this before. I know, I know how, how this is in the beginning, and I know what I need to do to, um, to sort of get everything up and running. So, um, yeah, I think I would really recommend that experience if anyone has a chance to go and live in a different country, in a different culture, definitely make use of that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, it's cool that you brought up COVID. Um, so I, when, I, when we were reaching to your company, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys launched your brand. I, I mean, I'm sure you were working on it beforehand, but you launched in March, right? Yeah. During COVID, not, during COVID times. So how would you say your company has had to like adapt during COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That's uh, So in March, so we had been working on, on it, like I said, for a little bit before. And in March, we launched our MVP, so minimum viable product, basically like a beta version. Um, so we, and then we, we, we now launched in October, like the full version. But in March, and we actually also started fundraising for our pre-seed uh, funding. So like a small amount um, to kind of keep us going. Um, and yeah, we were like two weeks in and then everything stopped. So that was a really interesting time. I was like locked down in my, um, I was living in Brooklyn and I was renting this tiny little room in Brooklyn and I was locked down there for like eight weeks and you know trying to fundraise and figure out what the heck are we doing with this company? And we were so early. But I have to say though, that like, yes, it was, it was obviously stressful, but also as a startup, when you don't have anything, you can't really lose much, right? We didn't have revenue. We couldn't lose any revenue. We didn't really have much stuff, right? So we couldn't, you can't lose what you don't have. And in a way it was, we, it was just, we were not paying ourselves salaries at that point. So it's just quote unquote business as usual for us, which was just like not a lot of stuff happening. Uh, so, um, and then we were actually able to raise our pre-seed funding from um, a, a really reputable investor in, in June. Um, so actually something good came, came you know, during that time. And also I think we're lucky to be in an industry that has not been very affected by the pandemic. So there was a little dip in podcast listenership last spring, but then it kind of picked up. So, um, we're lucky enough to be in an industry that actually might even benefit from COVID um, with regards to people really shifting. I mean, everybody's watched everything possible on Netflix and Hulu and all these, you know, like video platforms. And now they're really shifting to podcasts. They're like, hey, this is a great new medium. And there's content that I still haven't consumed yet. Um, so I think it's actually helping. And then brands as well. They're really looking into Obviously, in crisis times, a lot of brands, when they cut costs, marketing is the first cost to go, which is sad, but yeah. that's true for very many, especially big companies. But if you are, especially if you're a consumer brand, um, I mean, you still need clients, right? And especially if you're like, I don't know, if you're Coca-Cola, you maybe don't need to do a lot of advertising, right? People know who you are. But if you're a smaller, maybe up and coming um, brand, you need customers, you need to advertise, you just need to be very smart about it and this is a time where a lot of companies are experimenting and they're saying hey i've heard of podcast advertising i heard it could be efficient let's try that and so we have right now a great start to the quarter when a lot of companies are coming in and saying hey we've been thinking about this now we want to do it now is the time to do it so it actually for us it, it hasn't been as bad as it has been for some other industries 
so it seems like you guys have like a pretty good start with like your business and everything so like um you know, like with podcasts like coming up i feel like more people are this is like if you're in a room like me just uh you probably hit up a podcast or something and like listen to them that would be pretty good yeah <laughs> so i could see why your business could be growing um also uh, like alongside with that like since you had a successful start, where do you think you're going to go along with that? Like, what is like the future aspirations of your, like your company? Like how, how far are you going to take it? Yeah. Well, look, we're building, we're not here to just kind of fool around, right? We're here to redefine the podcast advertising because this whole industry and podcasts have been around for the past 15 years, right? Actually. But in the past, let's say two years, they've really picked up, um, but the problem is that the industry as such and the industry players, for example, these agencies that do podcast advertising and a whole bunch of other players in the market, they're still relatively traditional, right? They've kind of been around for a long time. They've done what they've done for a long time. A lot of the people that are running these businesses have had a really long careers in broadcasting and public radio and all that, which is great, right? Like all respect to their professionalism, but this is 2021. And what we need to understand is that both listeners consume the media differently right now. Um, the content is being created differently and brands as advertisers also behave differently, right? So you really need to build tools that help the brands of today. And we like to call them challenger brands, right? Um, so they're really, and they are, you know, startups and scale-ups and companies that are being led by, you know, millennials and, and young, dynamic, modern CEOs who then require completely different kind of support and tools than somebody 10 years ago, right, who wanted to advertise in a radio. So I think that we as a, as a startup have a lot to give to this industry, although we are very sort of new. Um, and that's what makes it exciting. I feel like we have a legitimate opportunity to shape where this industry is going. It's almost like if you think about e-commerce in its only uh, early days, right? Or um, FinTech in the early days or sharing economy in the early days. Uh, we are now in podcasting in the early days and podcast advertising. And it's really exciting because I mean, five years from now, somebody's gonna ask us like, what, that didn't exist five years ago? Like you created that platform, that's crazy. <laughs> but that's where we are right now. And so we feel there are so many opportunities and, uh, and we really want to establish ourselves as one of the main players to address the monetization of podcasts and reaching that target audience through podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about what you were saying. And so I was thinking about like Uber, right? So when Uber first entered, um, they were against like the traditional players like taxis, yellow, like in New York, yellow cup taxis, I'm sure LA, any of the major cities, they each have them, but they like, they've grown and they've kind of like modernized, like how um, we use taxis or how young people use taxis. So I think that's really cool that you guys are kind of like Uber in this space. Um, you're modernizing how brands interact with them, um, podcasts. So um I mean, that's hats off to you guys. You guys have done, I think, a very good job. And I'm sure you guys have a very good um, feature ahead of you. Well, thank you. I really like that reference. We're like the Uber uh, <laughs> podcast advertising. <laughs> uh, one, yeah. one small question I have. Um, it's kind of, Would it be ironic? Do you guys have a podcast for your podcast company? <laughs> we have thought about it. People ask us this all the time. And this is the very traditional case where we're like, well, we don't have time to produce our own podcast right now 
But it is actually on our roadmap to produce one. We just, we're going to have to have some help, right? So if anybody actually out there is like super excited to help out um, and, and produce a podcast for us, we'd be super happy to collaborate because um, yeah, that's just something I think that we have a lot to give and we've had some really cool ideas for the podcast as well, but we just have not gotten to actually spend, you know, our valuable time and resources uh, on that. Um, so yeah, we're going to need some help, but hopefully 2021 is going to be the year when we're going to launch something. We, we did do some audio content though. So you know how at the end of the year, everybody's doing like a year end wrap up, like they're, they'll yeah. send you an email and whatnot. We actually did a year end wrap, like, like one of our team members wrapped how our year went and we created that and we'll put that on, on uh, it's actually on our LinkedIn page at uh, spook.co um, so you can go check it out there and so we really want to do things a little differently and we want to put audio kind of in the center of it um, but yeah hopefully we're we're gonna get to the podcast this year yeah I mean, honestly like I didn't know you guys released the rap um, and I you're right I, I had so many company emails um saying like hey our year what happened this year review but I, i'm actually like motivated to go see that rap so um after we finish this i'm definitely going to go see that and see how great it is please go yeah it, it was really fun <laughs> to, to do it and uh yeah yeah um so i mean one of the things i mean we're obviously like a platform that we want to learn from entrepreneur uh entrepreneurs or executives and we want to like pass on we want you guys to have a medium to pass on the information to others. So um, what advice would you have for future entrepreneurs, whether it be like someone like me or even like someone older than me? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I'll try to give something which is a little bit more tangible. I know, I mean, everybody already knows the just go do it, like, you know, whatever, like Gary Vee will tell you that, whoever you follow, they're like, just go do it, hustle, whatever. That's all <laughs> true, but you guys all know that. So I'll try to give maybe something more tangible. I would say when you have an idea, right, you're wondering if this is a good idea, if this will work, please go and validate that idea early. So test it out. Even if it's just an idea, you don't have to build the product or service yet. Just go out there and see if anybody was to buy it. And what that basically means is you can create a landing page, right? You can use whatever tool you want to create a one, one page or website, uh, explain what you're looking to provide, and then give an opportunity for people to sign up for a wait list, right? Hey, we're launching soon, sign up and you can get whatever, you'll get a discount or you'll get, or you'll be the first one to know and whatnot. And that will give you an indication if it's one person signed up, five people, 10 people, a hundred people, right? If you go out there and even if you share that in just your own channels, right? You don't even have to spend money on advertising, whatever. Just share it with whomever you meet. And then you'll see, because if people are effectively, you get zero signups, nobody's interested. Think about what you can tweak. If you get a hundred signups in 24 hours, wow, you're onto something. And I think this is one of the things that a lot of people get wrong. They wait too long. They start like building these business models and these ideas and like, but, but, like, but it's not ready yet. I need to tweak. Like don't build before you know if somebody's going to buy, right? It's like the rule number one. And, and I've met entrepreneurs who are like, just, I think part of it is, is, is fear of just getting out there and asking for that feedback, because what if people don't sign up, but then, then if they don't sign up, you'd rather know now than in six months when you've actually built something, right? And then 
related to this, a lot of people say, okay, but if I go and talk about my idea, what if somebody steals it, right? And that's like something that, that people ask a lot. What if somebody steals it? Look, I can guarantee you, nobody's going to steal it because <laughs> first of all, you need to be very passionate about that industry and that product or service or whatnot, right? I mean, chances are you're going to meet other people who think, hey, this is cool. I think a whole bunch of companies are cool. I would not build any of them. I'm not that interested, you know, in whatever other thing, right? Mm -hmm. And secondly, even if somebody said, okay, I'm going to also build a landing page. I'm also going to get signups, right? The question is, what are they going to do after that? Execution is actually what's going to set you apart, not the idea. Every single industry actually has several competitors, if you think about it, right? I mean, even Uber's got competitors. Everybody's got competitors, but it's the way you execute that's going to set you apart. So somebody else may go and try to set up something similar, but if you're better at executing because you're really so focused on it and you know what you're talking about, you're passionate, then you're going to win. Um, so it's very rare that people go and quote unquote steal ideas and look, competitors are going to come your way anyways at some point. So you just better buckle up and, and get used to that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I mean, that's great advice because, that's honestly something so different than what we've heard. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, not to like put them down or anything, but they often say like, hey, go go do it. But I, I like this. This is more like, um, it's different from whatever some other entrepreneurs said. So yeah, thank you for that. Well, I'm glad if it's helpful. But yeah, I wanted to make sure that it's something tangible you can act upon. <laughs> I also like the like the first part of your uh, advice was like like don't build upon your idea, go sell the idea because so many people are invested with focusing on the idea so much. Like I I'm like a I'm like I'm a fault at this part too because I have like so many ideas, so many things. Like I try to focus on like okay, this must have to work or this something or like but like all you just have to do is just first started up with like that small step because then that small step could like lead you to so many places because usually ideas or something like you could invest a lot of time in yeah but you're not really getting any benefit out of that work so it's good if you go actually make that first step of like just just do the thing that your idea was intended for right just to start it up which is which is a good advice for many people out there so uh yeah, I think that about wraps it up for a majority of these things. I, I really appreciate you, you coming on to this uh, podcast. It has been a wonderful time to be on here. Um, and uh, your advice was also pretty <laughs> good for, for future uh, entrepreneurs. Would you like to uh, end off with something? Yeah, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. You're great. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to ever, you know, um, reach out or catch up, you have any other questions or you want to learn about Zvook or just about running a startup, you can always find me on um, social media at Anna Ratala. Um, and then Zvook, you can find uh, on Instagram at Zvook.co and on LinkedIn at Zvook.co. Yeah, we could definitely put your info somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, that'd be yeah. And yeah, and for those that um, are listening, uh, Zvook is Z-V- O-O-K, and then .co. Um, yep. Yeah, so once again, thank you so much for coming on and um, help, helping us with your advice and your lessons and everything. Thank you, guys. Thank you, folks, for listening to our podcast. Uh, the, uh, the Students of Business is signing out. Bye, guys.